episode 131. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Hello, my name is Julia Husher and welcome to this episode of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. And if this is your first time listening, well, then I want to wish you a very warm welcome. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Okay, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much again for the love and the feedback that I got on the episode about cruising as a single parent. And I really was a bit sad to hear that it's put some people off. And I really just want to make it clear that I really feel that... I was just a bit unlucky, you know, and I wouldn't want anyone to base their holiday decision on, you know, my experience. And I think it's an amazing trip. I really do. And I look forward to going again. And, you know, I will, I'm going to give it another chance and I'm going to do it again. And please don't let anything (laughs) that I experienced put you off in any way whatsoever. Now, back in October of 2018, I recorded an episode with a lovely lady called Ashleen Marshall. That episode was called Sudden Wife Abandonment with Ashleen Marshall. I had a complete influx of messages, emails that came in after that podcast episode with people wanting to share very similar experience with me that they had had. And honestly, I had no idea how common this actually was. And I still don't think it's like, you know, happens to every single person, like or every second person who splits up from their partner. But I do think it's actually scarily, I don't know, it did blow me away with how many people contacted me. Now, one of those people was this beautiful lady called Hayley, who is on the show today to share her story. She wrote me such a massive email. And I've got to say, I got a cup of tea and I sat down and I wanted to read it properly. And I just want to also say I'm so grateful for all these emails. I know like writing down your story and sending it to me, like that takes a lot. You know, it brings up a lot of emotions from the past and it just means the world to me that you write to me and share these experiences with me. So Haley got in touch and, you know, I learned more about her story and I'm just so thrilled to have her on the show today. So I've just got a pot of tea. I'm pouring a cup of tea as we speak. Da, 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 da. There we go. I suggest you get yourself a cup of tea as well. Sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. There is so much to this story. I've actually got Haley on for the next three weeks and um, I can't wait for you to hear this story. And I'm just so grateful that Haley's on and being so open and raw and honest and just lovely. And um, let's get into it. Okay, on the show with me today, I have single mum Haley, and I'm thrilled that she's here. Haley actually got in touch with me after she heard the podcast that I did with Ashleen Marshall about sudden wife abandonment. And I've got to say that episode was just so highly, that was so much feedback on that one. First of all, welcome Haley. <laughs> Hi Julia. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? Good. Thank you. So I think I actually referred to your email in one of my previous podcast episodes because I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so long. And I was like, I really want to read this properly. I made myself a cup of tea and (laughs) 
read your story and it just blew me away. And um, I'm thrilled that you've, you know, decided to come on the show and kind of share your experience as well to help others because there's so many, there's so many women out there that this has happened to. I know, and that's the the very sad thing, Julia. It's actually not an uncommon narrative. And, um, yeah, when you hear other people's stories, it just makes you feel, I guess, a little bit less alone. Completely. And that's why I'm very grateful that you've come on to share this because, yeah, I mean, I had no idea. I honestly had no idea that this was such a, you know, and I don't think it's probably super common, but it's common enough for me to get, you know, I would say at least probably 40 to 50 emails that this has happened. And like, that's a lot, you know. Um, It is. Yeah. So why don't we start with, tell us a bit about you. Where do you live right now? How many kids do you have and how long have you been single for? Okay. Um, So first of all, I'm down in um, Warrnambool, Victoria. So it's a small country town on basically the end of the Great Ocean Road or the start, depending on which way you're (gasps) travelling along it. So coast on the coast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look, it's a beautiful part of the world, but it's freezing most of the year (laughs) and um, I've been down here for pretty much a year. Um, My husband basically abandoned, physically left and abandoned us on the 1st of December of 2017, the first day of summer and um, not long after I I moved from um, Brisbane in Queensland down to be with my family in Warrnambool. Um, so yeah, he left me with a little girl, um, at the time she was about 16 months old. Now she's about about over two and a half. Yeah. Mm. Just a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start back kind of more at the beginning. What, tell us a bit sort of about the relationship history with your ex, how long were you together for and what was your relationship like? Yeah. So, um, we met up in um, in Ely Beach, um, and basically, it's been a bit of a fairy tale, really. Like, yeah, I thought we were very much in love with each other, and um, we lived up there for a couple of years, and then moved to um, Brisbane, and we were there for um, almost eight years, um, and in that time. We, we really started with, you know, from scratch. We didn't have a lot and, you know, as most young couples and we built up, we worked really hard, we paid off our debts that we sort of had when we met each other and, um, yeah, we ended up buying a house in, in the Gap in um, Brisbane, which is a really beautiful leafy suburb and my husband's a builder so we basically bought this so it was a real dump but it was up on the top of this mountain it just had these spectacular views and anyway we were determined to transform this house and we just worked weekend after weekend making this house really beautiful and um yeah and in that time we got married went on some overseas holidays and we really loved bike riding and bush walking and you know, outdoorsy sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that's how we connected, you know, really on a physical kind of level. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, basically we, it was really hard for, for me to pull, fall pregnant. So we went through um, basically a couple of years of 
trying to fall pregnant naturally and then that didn't work. So I went on hormone therapy and I didn't need IVF, thankfully, but, um, yeah, I was sort of having injections every day and all of that sort of stuff. And, yeah, amazingly we we fell pregnant and it was just, you know, we were so delighted because it was it didn't come easy. You know what's weird? Um, Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. A lot of people who've got in touch with me about this had problems conceiving. Isn't that interesting? Oh, interesting, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I, I noticed on the previous podcast that you did, it was the same story and I yes. thought that was, yeah, really interesting. Yes. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, as you know, as soon as you have a child, your whole world just completely changes and we were alone in Brisbane in the sense that we didn't have any family. Like we'd made some really good friends over the years, but his family were four hours away and mine were, you know, a couple of States away. So, um, look, it was hard. We didn't have that family support that we probably really needed. Um, my mum's renovation still, like was everything done with your house or (laughs) no. So when I upstairs, yes. And then when I fell pregnant, we just decided to demolish downstairs and it was <laughs> as you do like as as you do and yeah and it wasn't an easy build like it was actually getting excavators in and digging down into the ground because we're on rock like it was oh. <laughs> it was not an easy build and we we actually put downstairs um like it was a whole new house basically it was a studio apartment with laundry bathroom you name it yeah. and and my husband did it all in his spare time. <laughs> so he was working. He was so, um, a job as well. Yeah. And then he was doing yeah. this kind of on weekends and after work. Yes, yes. And when my daughter was born, he actually got made redundant, which was extremely stressful. And yeah. he had a new, he got a new job. Um, and so that was a big change in itself, along with having a child and, you know, finish trying to complete these renovations that we'd started downstairs, um, which required getting into more debt. So, you know, there was quite a few stresses going on when I look back. Along with that, we had a child that just did not sleep, (laughs) like ever. (laughs) I think I had my first full night sleep um, this year when she was well, well and truly over two years old. Oh my gosh, um, you poor thing. That's yeah. So hard. Everything is so much worse when you're tired as well. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like I would be going off to mother's group, um, at eight 30 in the morning and, you know, they were all running late and getting their first coffees and I'd be swinging on the cupboard door going, is it nearly lunchtime before I left? You know, because yeah. <laughs> my day started at about 3.30. Oh, my and, gosh. And that was months on end. Um, it's really and, it's really hard in a relationship too because he's, although was he working then or not? Was he at home with you? No, so he, 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 got, a new, he got a new job like and we needed him to get a job. Um, yeah. Basically uh, a couple of weeks after he'd 
sort of got made redundant in the other one. So that was fine, but it was a high-pressure job. It was completely different. It was going from residential building to commercial. It was, yeah, it was quite different in that sense. Um, And his days started really early. So he was leaving home at about 5.30. And so I was running solo. Yeah. Um, In amongst all of that, I was tutoring from home um, because... I didn't have a permanent position, so I couldn't really, I didn't have a job to walk back into. And with that, I sort of missed out. It's another story in itself, but I missed out on maternity leave. So I didn't actually get maternity leave um, despite having worked for the company for, you know, five or six years as a contract teacher. So that was a bit disappointing. And um, renovations in amongst all of that, renovations were getting finalised downstairs. We actually managed to rent that out, which was great because we got some money coming in. Um, And in all of that, we had an exchange student in the house as well for about five or six weeks. And so, you know, when you've got a screaming child, you're trying not to wake up the person downstairs, you're trying not to wake up the exchange student. Like it was just quite stressful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was on edge. Every spare second was... Um, trying to prepare for these kids that I was tutoring, which I loved because, you know, I needed something for my mind because yeah. <laughs> it was such a long day just trying to keep this baby alive basically on my own until my husband got home. And, and look, um, hands off to him. Like when he, when he got home, he was a great help, but he just wasn't home a lot because yeah. um, his work and then on the weekends he was, he was, you know, doing what he had, what we felt we needed to do, and that was finish the Renos, um, which I never really complained about because I was like, well, he's he's doing his end of the bargain. I've just got to get on with it and do mine. So I really didn't probably complain a lot, but I was sleep deprived and I was exhausted. Yeah, um, it's really yeah. hard, and you're it's it's hard even just having a new baby without all that stuff. But you are like a yeah. slave to that child. <laughs> You're like, yeah. you've got to beat yeah. it all the time to feed it, to clothe it, to change it, to put it to sleep, yeah. rockets. And, it's, mm. and it's pretty lonely at home. Mm. Like, you know, I used to be like, right, what am I going to do today? All right, we'll, we'll go to the supermarket and we'll go to the post office, you know, like just to yeah. have some things on. Um, yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I had all that going on, but it was like when I worse off the next door with their screaming baby, you know, like you got to put it in perspective. And I just felt so lucky to have this beautiful little girl and this beautiful home that we'd spent so much time, effort, money in creating. And I just thought this is going to pass. We just have to, you know, um, buckle down and hang in there. Yeah. And while all this is going on, um, some places around had been selling and they were making, um, you know, good money on their houses and because ours had just been improved so much um, and also because we are on the top of this mountain and it was actually not really a practical house for having a child, um, which I hadn't even really thought of. When we bought it, I was probably 26, 27 and I hadn't even thought about having kids. Yeah. It's not that it's, about. Is it child no, friendly? <laughs> no, no. So we're up on this mountain. Anyway, we thought we're going to sell 
make a profit. And my husband suggested that we would go traveling around Australia, have another baby with the with the profits and, and him be able to be there while we had this other baby and just see the country. Yeah. So that was kind of, um, you know, I didn't really want to leave the house, but then I thought, oh, blow it, why not? Like, um, this is this would be amazing. Yeah. And um, so over the sort of the campaign, I guess you'd say, of, of selling the house, it was sort of extended because we had a couple of things to finish off. And during that time, um, I went back to Warrnambool because my uncle, my uncle um, had passed away, so I had a funeral. And, yeah, during that time and from then on, I began feeling really anxious and things just didn't quite add up. Um, In what way? What were, you, were you worried that he was having an affair or was it more like you just felt disconnected from him? Or Absolutely not. I just... Some weird things were happening when I got home. He wasn't really answering his phone, but then he'd say it wasn't working. And I just felt a distance, but I couldn't actually put my finger on it that that's what it was. And I thought, I'm just tired. I'm worn out. Like I got home to my parents' house for two weeks and then my mum was coming back up to Brisbane and she was wondering, she actually said to me, like later on, I was thinking, how am I going to get through the next five weeks? Like, this is insane, the amount of screaming all night, you know, like from my little one. It was just... Why the five hell. weeks, sorry? What was happening in the five weeks? Well, she was coming up for three more weeks. I had a contract um, a work week in Brisbane. So mum was coming up to sort of give us some help um, in Brisbane for a few yeah. weeks. And when she got back, she didn't notice a thing different. And my husband was very good at, I guess, probably putting on two different masks and, um, yeah, well, uh, well, actually a mask, I guess. Like he, he, you just wouldn't have known that anything was really wrong, but privately I just felt a distance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was a f- when, when mum had, had left Brisbane a few weeks after, um, he became quite nasty and just, I remember saying to him, do you, do you even love me? Do you, do you love our daughter? And he was saying, of course I do, you know, and he just wasn't himself. He wasn't affectionate. He wasn't, he didn't seem excited about life. He didn't get excited about our future. Like he was a really energetic person and he just didn't have like I'd be like okay so when the house sales like sells like you know talking about the the trip and he just kind of stonewall me there was just no kind of response and it yeah did you get the the impression that maybe he'd changed his mind about the, the plans or I didn't know I couldn't it was all strange and when I'd say to him what's going on with you? Like you're just, you're not yourself. And he would then sort of cover it up by saying, listen, I am really stressed out about the the auction, right. the upcoming auction. And I was like, okay, well, 
you know, this is he's been his baby for this house has been his baby for like the last six years. You know, he's he's put all his heart and soul into it. Okay, and then I remember thinking as it was getting to auction, oh my gosh, I never want to do this again. Like yeah. it's only an auction. Like yeah, you know, it's way too stressful emotionally. But. Yeah, yeah, and so basically, um, such a long story, but the house sells. We make an absolute amazing profit. Like we've doubled our money on this house. Wow. And um, so all the hard work's paid off and then we go up to the coast the day after the house sells and I just notice it even more of a distance. You go up the um, coast as in for a little just trip? Just for a day, yeah, yeah, just to cotton tree for the day, had a swim. We actually went and saw some of his extended family um, and then the next day we were going to look at some rentals because we thought maybe we'll just rent for a little while and. Um, and just kind of buy a bit of time, get settled, rethink about what our plan is because we had a month to get out of this house basically. Yeah. And I said to him after we'd looked in a rental, geez, you don't really look, seem that excited. Like I know it's not like our beautiful house but it's, you know, it's just temporary. Yeah. Fuck it and up. He's like, it on. yeah. And he said, I'm not excited. I'm not in love with you anymore. <gasps> and it was just like my really? whole world just, stopped and um he said it um while our daughter was in the bath and then he's got his keys and left so I couldn't chase him like I've got our baby in the bath and every you know ounce of my body I I was just begging him from the bath and he's just gone and you know like it was like being hit by a truck. That's the only way I can describe it. Like my whole world just caved in. And then I don't know where he went. Um, and the, oh, there was some strange things, I must say, in the lead up to those couple of months too. He was all of a sudden doing these night pours, these concrete pours at night for his work and not coming home and saying he had to sleep in the in the site shed and just weird behaviour like that. And, and that's that, where he said. done that before. Yeah, that's right. And um, if you're not a builder as well, you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's normal. Like I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so basically, um, he he came, and this is what um, I read that Runaway Husbands book as well. Yeah. Um, and that Vicky Stark describes as as death as a, death as and what was it uh, death by a thousand swords. So the the runaway husband basically breaks it to you, and then comes back and gives you a bit of hope that things are going to be okay. I think I've got to get this Vicky Stark on the show. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so many people that have read her book and like you know who have been through something like this, and it just sounds amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, yeah, so he, he comes back in this time, um, so during the week, he's come back, he's, he's distant, he's odd, he's just, it's just not him. You had obviously, like, you know, call, tried to call him, like, you know, oh. or were you like, where is he? What is going on? How were you Calling. feeling in those days where he just disappeared? Yeah, I was a mess. Like I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling, like leaving messages, sending messages. I'm calling his parents, you know, bawling yes. on the phone to them. They are absolutely shocked. Um, my family are shocked. They're, they're all coming to Brisbane to try and help 
basically friends I'm calling on friends I just I am so shocked everyone is so shocked um by what has happened and and he just wasn't answering so you just couldn't couldn't speak to him no and then so the next day I actually did probably the worst thing I I drove to his work in the morning and I I saw him there and I said please just come over and get a coffee like I've gone to the the job site Mm. and he was horrible he's like I don't love you anymore and it was just like a so mean so cruel yeah, yeah it was just like a distant stranger he was um but then in that week or so like the pressure was on because we had to get out of this house within you know a month and have it cleaned for the new owner so um he came back and I, 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 you know, mum is there, his family are there, everyone is trying to make sense of it. He's not, you know, I thought maybe he had depression. Um, I thought I, I, I didn't really know what to think and I, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Can you imagine? And then he basically agrees to move to this apartment in the city a, a flat, a three-bedroom flat. It was five hundred. Yeah, yeah, five hundred and fifty dollars a week um, rent, and I wasn't working. And he he willingly moved there. Our, all our friends and family um, helped move everything to this apartment. And um, then, about a few days later, after all the boxes were unpacked, Mum had cleaned the other house. Because he, he didn't have any time off. He just helped move the big things. So there was no one help packing. There was, you know, I was doing it all on my own basically with mum. And a baby. And a baby, yeah. yeah. And and feeling just beside myself. But hopeful, you know, hopeful. Yeah. Like he'd given me some hope. And then he waited until um, until mum had left. And then I get... I, I worked half a day on the last day of school um, for just a relief thing and I'd get home and I was just uneasy but I was still thinking, all right, I'll look at doing going to some Christmas carols, you know. I bought a couple of drinks and some nibblies thinking let's just have a nice weekend. And um, in that time he'd sold his ute, bought a brand-new motorbike. What? Yeah really odd um so he had no way of picking our door up from daycare like he's he was on his way out now that I think back and he was obviously trying to impress someone else um and yeah so then I get a message because I I thought it's just something you know I called him and he didn't answer and then I called him and I heard the motorbike but he wasn't answering and I sent him a message saying, can you please pick our daughter up from um, kindy and, or from daycare and just to see if he, you know, would message back because I thought that's something fairly important. I thought actually he's got no way of picking her up anyway because he doesn't even have a car seat, you know, anymore. Yeah. But I'm just going to put that out there because something's not adding up. I just felt really uneasy. Then he messages back a few hours later saying, sorry, I'm just not in love with you anymore. Um, you deserve better. I can't do this. You deserve better. I've gone away riding. I'm okay. 
not anything else, not I'm never coming back, nothing. So I was just a mess. Um, I went to a psychologist the next day and she said to me, just do you think there's someone else? And I said, no, I don't. Um, I've asked him and she said, they'll keep denying it. They'll keep denying it and denying it. Um, and she said, very rarely does a man leave without another woman. But if you really think that he, there's no other woman, just go into idle mode and do nothing. He'll come back. And he didn't come back until I messaged him. Um, oh, and in all of that, sorry, it's such a long story, but yeah. in all of that, um, he had his Christmas party, um, which was a family thing on the coast where all the families were invited. Yeah. And um, our neighbour actually worked for the same company. And so, sorry, this is backtracking a little bit, but in all of that, um, when we had our house inspections, we'd go to the pub with our neighbours and have a drink and sort of eat dinner there um, so we weren't in the house. Yeah. And this one particular night, the wife of the other of our neighbour who, who works for the same company said really openly, oh, how cool is the Christmas party, Christmas party going to be? And I said, what Christmas party? And she noticed that my husband's face just went kind of white and he's turned around and gone to get a drink. And she pointed it out, but I'm just so oblivious. Like, I don't know if it's just when you've got a little one, like you're just so busy trying to tend to them. Yeah, you forget. You kind of just, things come in and then they go. But also, you would trust him. Like, he was yeah. your partner. You wouldn't think twice that you should no. him. You question him. Like, that's right. I didn't at all. But anyway, he didn't tell me about this Christmas party. And it was on the weekend after. So it was on like the 11th or whatever, or 7th or 8th or something of December last year of 2017. Um, he came back to the apartment, grabbed some clothes, and went to this Christmas party on the coast. And so didn't even ask you if you wanted to come along. No, no, and it was overnight. Like everything was provided. It was a really big thing. And, um, yeah, I didn't, I, um, I actually ended up going up to visit his family in all of this and I was on the coast with his, with his family, with his sister, um, while he was there and I messaged him and I said, you know, please come down and have a swim with us. There's going to be no confrontations like, you know, you're welcome, we all want to see you, just putting it out there. And he said he'd had a really big night and then his phone was silent. This was the day after the Christmas party? Yeah, so this is about a week or so after he'd left, after he'd taken off. And so he left on the 1st of December. This is about a week later on the weekend. So he was at the Christmas party and you yes. had to be at the coast at the same time. Yes, because I was on my way to see his parents, which is another couple of hours away from there in a right. place called Bundaberg. Yeah. And so you're probably thinking, oh, he probably wants to see his, you know, your daughter as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all there on the coast. You yeah. Know? I knew where he was staying. We weren't far, like we were 20 minutes away. And he didn't reply, um, which was very typical of him. He just stonewalls, you know. Um, at that point, or was he always like that? Yeah. No, at that point. Yeah. At that point. Then I went and stayed with his parents and they helped me out 
for a couple of nights and I got back to the apartment and um, I could see he hadn't been there and I thought that's really strange. Like he knows that I haven't been here. Um, Yeah, why wouldn't he be here? Why wouldn't he be here? And my younger sister said to me in all of this, Hayley, you need to do some digging. You actually need to do some digging and try and find out what is going on. There's got to be more to it. Um, and I'm really think, not cluey or sorry. No, I was going to say maybe it was also a bit of an element of I don't want to know, like what will I find out? Maybe, and I just have never, look, I've been one of those really trusting people. Like if he had something, a work thing on and I could go because I had the little one, I'd be like, look, you, uh, you've learnt it. Go out and have a big night, you know. Like I've, I've never been one of those really kind of cautious women that are no. worrying about you know I, I had full and trust that's in way, that's good like that's the way yeah yeah but anyway I'd set up his hotmail account 10 years earlier yeah and I thought all right I'll put it in I'll put the same password in and see if I get in and boom I got in oh, wow. same password and there was nothing on there of well, there was a couple of things, but the day he'd left, he'd opened up new bank accounts, so I could see that. And I could also see the day he'd the left day, the unit. Yeah, so on the yeah. 1st of December, um, I could see he'd opened up new bank accounts and I could also see that he had a motorbike part sent to a place in um, a suburb in um, Brisbane that we didn't have know anyone. Right. Anyone there? I was like, that is weird. We don't know anyone in Indrapilly in Brisbane. And um, so then I started to join Dots and I, I asked my neighbour, is there any single women at the, um, at the, at the company? Because her husband had been in the company for a while. She'd been to the Christmas party you know, they'd been to our wedding, these, our neighbours, like they knew us well. Um, And she said, no, no. Oh, she said, oh yeah, there's someone. Yeah. The director. And I said, oh my gosh, he's mentioned this woman to me before saying, you know, she drives this flash car and um, how she had certain shares in the company. And, you know, I, I guess, I knew deep down how important wealth and materialistic things were to my husband and I thought at the time there's no way he could leave me for someone with less. Mm. If that makes sense. I know yes. that's not a nice, probably a nice thing to say, but I just know. Well, that's just of, how he is. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I had this address um, and I didn't, and I said to my neighbour, do you know roughly where she lives? And she said, oh, it's like St. Lucia or Indrapilly Way. And I said, ah, uh-huh, right. And then I have a very, another very good friend. She's a really smart girl and I don't know how she knows about this stuff, but she said, oh, there's a place in the city that you can go to and you can type in an address and it gives you the, um, the names of who live there. And she said, we've just had an election. It's got to be up to date. And she said, um, I, you know, I was flying home in a couple of days' time because I had to get home to my family, um, mm. which my husband had a ticket to come home. Like he was meant to be coming with me. 
Um, and anyway, we drive into the city. She runs in and bang, it matches the, the director's name. Oh the, the address that where the motorbike park got sent matches the, the director's name. And that's how I found out. Um, but to be honest, when I actually found out, I had this, like my, my, my friend came out white and just shaking and crying out of the building and I knew straight away when I saw her. But I almost had this sense of relief yeah. um, because I could finally make sense of this yeah. ridiculous situation. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, basically, um, it was just a whirlwind. I went home. I was shocked. I had this little baby. I was terrified. I got legal advice straight away. Um, and yeah. Um, and then basically got the, got things in pro things in action to, to move home and I actually asked my husband, um, I spoke to him after Christmas despite sending him presents, doing all of that, leaving all his family gifts. He didn't even contact us on Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah. And um, I, I actually called him on the 27th of December and um, I... I said to him, your parents still have hope that we're getting back together. Like he sort of, he wasn't being honest with anyone, Julia. And um, Did they know that he'd been having an affair? No, and they'd asked him outright and he said no. And did you confront him about it as well? No, not at that point. Not at that point. I said to him on the the 27th of December, um, what do you want me to do? Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to have to move home. You know, I didn't want to. I loved yeah. my life in Brisbane. I'd spent nearly nine years there building up a life and I had yeah. all my friends, a career. I loved it. The weather, it was just beautiful part of the world and I didn't want to go but I, I, I thought, oh, my God, I've got this baby that doesn't sleep. Yeah. I, need my, I need my parents and I had to... Um, I have to move home. And he said, well, I've done this, so go. <sighs> what? And I, at, actually on that conversation I said to him, you are infatuated with this person. You know, you're infatuated. This is not going to last. And he said, I don't know how I could ever love you again. Oh, my God, Haley, that's so cruel. Yeah, cruel, cruel, really cruel and um at that point I went, you know what, I have to start letting you go now. And it had just been, you know, since September feeling things weren't quite right and anxiety building up and I just, I knew I, I'd done everything I could because in that, I should say too, at the end of that year in that time frame of when he said he didn't love me to when he physically left, I begged him to go to um, counselling. Yeah to see a psychologist. Yeah. He didn't want to. I got him to one session in the city um, and the guy said, I believe I, any marriage, uh, I can save any marriage as long as it's not three things. One, 
physical violence, two, emotional abuse, and three, a third party. And I said, great, you know, well, we've got none of that. We're fine. You know, come on, let's keep going. And the session that we had, my husband got to do most of the talking um, and it came out that maybe I wasn't the greatest listener and I was like, okay, I'll work on that. And then we had another session where we had to fill out a 50-page book or 50 yeah, 50 page questionnaire each or something ridiculous to go to the next session. And in amongst all of that, our car got um, locked in this overnight car park. And it just was like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. Let's go and try and find somewhere else. Yeah. Um, closer to home that's not going to have all of those issues. And I thought my, my husband hated reading. So I knew he wasn't going to fill out yeah. a 50 page booklet thing and, you know, do all of this. And so I said, right, let's go to another one. And I, he wouldn't go to any more counselling. Um, so that was really disappointing. It's very hurtful because um, it's just like it feels like they're just throwing in the towel, like you don't even yeah. want to try, like after everything yeah. we've been through and we've got a child. like Yeah, yeah. And our life could have been just so different and easy and we'd sort of done all the hard work. Um, yeah. As my lawyer described it, he said, you guys are on the launch pad. Like you've done really well for that part of your life and you, you could have, you know, we could have lived somewhere almost mortgage-free. Like it was yeah. just, yeah, you know, a cheaper house, nothing, um, no big mansion, but it, it could have been a really simple life but an easy one. Yeah. <sighs> um, so, yeah, anyway, I end up moving home. I, I, I go back up to Brisbane. I have to put 10 years of stuff into a container um, to get it shipped back or, or driven back down to, to Warrnambool. And that was hard. Like, that was really emotional. Friends are coming over to say goodbyes. Um, we just unpacked this whole house and now we had to repack it. And I had no help from him. He didn't come and see us. Um, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Just when he, I got an email from him saying, when are you going to get your stuff out? Wow. Yeah. So um, it had gone from this fairy tale relationship, fairy tale husband and life to just this big mess. But he'd well and truly made up his mind before he'd told me. So I had no hope. And that's often the case with these men. Well, ladies, there is a lot more to talk about with Haley, But for now, we're going to leave it there. I have got Haley on for the next two episodes because, as I said, there is so much more to talk about. There is so much to this story. And... I just feel like it's a really important issue to discuss because clearly this is something that happens way more than it should. It really, I mean, this kind of thing, it really makes me question just humanity. Like what the heck, you know, I get that people might fall out of love and, you know, relationships end and people go in their different directions, but Hayley, what 
you've been through and how you've been treated. Like that's just awful. No one deserves that. And I just really feel for you and for everybody who has been through anything like this. And it's so much harder when you have kids because you can't. Like it is such a cop out for another a parent to do that to their child's parent because you have to see each other. I mean, generally you will have some kind of, you know, involvement in each other's lives. And it is just a really nasty way of going about things, in my opinion. Just awful. Anyway, Haley, thank you so much for your time today. And for you listening at home or wherever you are, you are not going to want to miss the next two weeks of the rest that covers the rest of this story as well. If you wanted to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com or you can follow me and connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at singlemothersurvivalguide, all one word. I have a favor of you. The Single Mother Survival Guide podcast is up for nomination in the popular vote category for the Australian Podcast Awards. Now, this is super exciting. I'm also nominated in a couple of other categories which are not votable. But if you do enjoy this podcast and if you are a regular listener, your vote is what I need. So I would really appreciate it if you could vote for me. You know, everyone who has a podcast are calling out to their community to vote for them. And that's why I really need you. So I would really appreciate that. I'll put the link in the show notes. And it is a bit of a, you know, it's not just a matter of clicking a vote button, unfortunately. You press vote and then you uh, have to register your details. Then you get an email and then you have to go back in and vote using a sort of a login. So anyway, if you do have a few minutes and you are a regular listener and this podcast, you know, has helped you in some little way, I would be so grateful for you doing that. Every vote does count, you know, every vote makes a difference. So, you know, if you're sitting there going, oh, someone else will vote, um, I need you. Thank you so much. And if you have extra time, I would also love for you to rate this podcast in iTunes or even write a review. That would be amazing and helps single mums find this podcast. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to love you and leave you. And I hope you have an amazing day or evening, depending on where you are. And I can't wait to carry on this story with you next week. Okay. Bye for now.